Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. Unless society comes with us on the journey of evolving artificial intelligence, AI, and machine learning, AI will not fulfill its purpose to benefit humanity. According to Kay Firth Butterfield, the Director of Artificial Intelligence and Machine Learning at the World Economic Forum, Building trust with society must be the foundation for development and utilization of all AI technology in our lives. In my interview with Kay, we discuss how to engage society in designing our AI future. We talk about the best practices for governments to incorporate AI education into our primary schools and high schools, to future-proof our children for living and thriving in an AI future. We discuss what new skills and traits may be important for humans to develop, compassion and empathy seeming to be central to our healthy future evolution. Of course, heavy on most people's minds is what and where the jobs will be in a new AI-enabled workplace. We'll share with you some of our insights, and we'll leave the rest up to your imagination. Join us in listening to Kay's thoughts on unlocking the incredible potential of humanity with AI and what it will take to shape our future toward that goal. We're joined today with Kay Firth Butterfield. She's the head of artificial intelligence and machine learning at the World Economic Forum. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, ethics, education, reskilling, these are all issues that are part of this global meeting. And I know that's really important to you because your focus is on education and children and protecting children with privacy and the ethical dimensions of AI. So could you just share with us your thoughts on what we should be looking at in so far as shaping an architecture that is ethical, that protects the privacy of children in this fourth industrial revolution era? Yes, certainly. So countries really need to begin to think about what it is to develop the skills of their population at child level for the new age that we're moving into. So having artificial intelligence incorporated in their lives to augment their social life and their work life as well. So it's really critical that countries start thinking about either teaching artificial intelligence at both elementary school or primary school and high school and secondary school, or at least making sure that children are digitally literate so that they understand what artificial intelligence can do, so that when they meet it as co-workers in the workforce of the future, then they understand how they're going to be interacting with the technology. And they're not frightened of it, and they can make the very best of actually that human-machine interface. So what kinds of skills are needed to become AI-ready in this world, artificial intelligence-ready? Well, not everybody can be an AI scientist. We probably need to move away from thinking that we can educate everybody to be an AI scientist. And in fact, we also need very badly in the future to make sure that we think about the humanities and we think about the fact that we as humans are going to be the creative force and AI is going to do the more repetitive work that perhaps we don't want to do. So thinking about my background as a lawyer, for example, I used to be a trial lawyer, and it's going to be difficult to see AI representing clients in trials. But what we do have at the moment is that we do have AI sorting through our documents and helping us with discovery. So if you've got a case with millions of documents, then AI can really help to make sure 
that you have absolutely the right information that you need when you go into court. Right, so designing AI technologies so they're in service to those professionals, they have the access to the information they need to make smart, high quality decisions. So could you expand a little bit on jobs that might be available in an optimized world for AI and, and what jobs or what types of opportunities are available for humans in this new AI future? Because as you said, not every person is going to be a digital technologist or an engineer of the artificial intelligent technologies, but yet artificial intelligence is going to permeate our entire society across industries. What kinds of jobs can we be looking at for humans just to transfer, you know, if jobs are being displaced, it's not workers that are being displaced, it's actually the jobs. So what's going to be interesting for our workforce in the future? Well, it's always difficult to see into the future and know what jobs people will be doing in the future because if you just took, went back 40 years, we wouldn't think that we were having this conversation. And yet there are all these new jobs springing up around artificial intelligence and all the other emerging technologies that ride on the back of artificial intelligence, for example, autonomous vehicles. What I think we hope for is that humans will be freed up to think creatively and to design the future whilst the machines come in and do that repetitive work. So if you're thinking about the sort of jobs that might disappear, you might think that people who do accounting, that might be a job that a machine that's very good at math, and that's all that we're seeing in machine learning anyway at the moment, then that's the sort of thing that might disappear. We're already seeing, you know, where AI is really good at recognition of images, so radiology and the radiologist, those sort of jobs might disappear. But the actual radiologist will still be needed to talk to us, the consumer, or the patient in that case. So really freeing us up to have those human interactions. I don't know how many people you know that are really well-placed in their jobs in any case, or how many people are really happy at, at their current workplace. So this new age of AI could actually unlock an incredible creative potential to be able to find your dream job or to be able to really access your own unique personal creative intelligence and apply that intelligence to solving a global problem or solving a problem in your workforce. And we've seen at companies like Google that give a percent of time for people to you know, work on something that they're very passionate about and how that has built not only loyalty in the company, but also enabled people to really find you know, something that they're passionate about. So how can we engage society in this conversation about designing forward our own creative future. How can the World Economic Forum play a role and how can you and your work that you're doing with UNICEF, with Generation AI, maybe you can reference that, how are you integrating the voice of, of different people in different professions into this discussion on framing our AI future? Well, I think it's really important that the general public are involved in this conversation about the way that the future will develop. And so it's really important for the media to be involved in telling the stories, both about the negative effects of AI and the positive effects of AI on humanity and the planet. In terms of Generation AI, we believe that the world will be a better place if everybody is educated. 
And AI has the potential to be able to deliver targeted education at the speed of every child on the planet. We're not there yet. And as we are finding with things like facial recognition, there are some things that we perhaps should have thought about earlier on. And so with AI and education, we're trying at the moment through the project Gen AI with UNICEF to really set some firm foundations around how we might use AI to educate whilst also protecting our children's privacy and also making sure that whilst they're interacting with AI, they are not losing their capacity for creative growth because they aren't making up their own stories anymore. Right. Well, you were talking about creative play earlier, that there are a number of digital technology companies that are developing play tools that have their own backstory. How might you think that that would affect a child's psychological growth, social growth? Well, there are two aspects of that. One is if your invisible friend talks back to you, then you never have to create a backstory for your invisible friend. If all your toys talk back to you and your friend's toys also engage in that conversation, you never have to have the creative play that perhaps you and I had when we were young. One of the ways that we know that human beings create their imagination and explore the world is by playing with their toys and having that creative play. So that's one of the aspects that we want to really look at in this project that we're working on. And I think the other is if all your interactions, your valuable interactions are with a machine, a toy, then if that toy gives you a lot of well-being and looks after you, then do you actually want to socialize with your peers who might actually be horrible? You know, we all know those playground fights that kids get into. And, you know, you might say that, well, I actually like my best friend, which is an AI-enabled device, much more than I want to interact with these funny human beings who may not just adore me. Well, adore me. There's a, a culture, these, these fuzzies, these culture of, of people who they put masks on, in, in essence, and are able to interact through this, this shell of a creature that they designed to be this avatar almost Mm -hmm. and I can imagine as you're saying that as young people are interacting with avatars in a virtual space their concept of reality and the kinds of social relationships they develop could actually be quite skewed so what would be some solutions what are you looking at with UNICEF as far as UNICEF being a sort of a protector a guardian of the welfare of our children What are some of the ways that you're working with them to help ensure that doesn't happen? So on our project, we're Mm -hmm. looking to bring multi-stakeholders together, governments, companies, UNICEF and other non-profits and international government government organizations and academics to really sort of think about this. And what we would like to do is to create a framework that people agree upon for the development of these devices, for the benefit of our children, because as I say, they have huge potential, but we also need to make sure that we've got those firm foundations in place. I just wanted to return for a minute to a discussion earlier about the world that you were imagining in your head on how the workforce might shift to be much more AI interactive and how we might need to think about working in that environment. And I'm just here in front of my computer, you know, interviewing with you, and there's all this digital technology, information resource around me, and I'm thinking, 
we all are kind of living in that AI-enabled world and using technologies as tools to engage in conversation. So how will our world look different in this, in this AI-advanced world? Yeah, sure. So at the moment, you are not playing with AI. Yes, you're digital, but you're certainly not playing with AI. What AI is, is a tool which actually grows and thinks for itself and changes as it grows and develops. And so the interaction that you're having with your computer is at the moment totally one-sided. You type into it and it shows you what you're typing. The interaction that you would have, for example, with the AI-enabled doll is that you would talk to it and it would learn by listening to you and by also gathering data from other conversations so that it could converse back. So you're having that interaction as opposed to the one-way interaction that we have with our technology at the moment. And of course, you begin to see that in Siri and Alexa and those sort of, those sort of devices. Absolutely. So in the workforce, it wouldn't be dolls that talk back to us. It'd be our computers that feed us information. It might be your computers. It may be your robot pal on the uh, production line. And in our homes, we will see robot carers because there are not enough in some countries like Japan, for example, there simply aren't enough young people to care for the elderly people and so you can have interactions that are very personal. How can we ensure that companies optimize their technologies for the benefit of society? What can we do to, to protect against the shadow side of the technologies? The more that we are developing AI, the more that we see the problems with AI, but that's inevitable because it's a new technology. And so now we're seeing live and livid, for example, the problems of bias and privacy in data. So if you are thinking about big data, needing a lot of data, then you are going to inevitably impinge upon people's privacy unless we put a mechanism in to guard privacy. And of course, some countries, um, particularly Europe with the GDPR, see an individual's privacy in a different way from other countries. So in the US, it's much less protective of our privacy and Europe's taken a different course altogether. Very interesting. So protecting privacy is really important and that would then enable, I imagine, individuals, societies, groups that would be important for gathering that data, that information to improve the technologies, to improve the machine learning, etc., to help build that trust. Yeah, without trust, AI will not fulfill its promise. We have to take the general public with us on this AI journey for the benefit of humanity. And unless we build that trust now, then we are likely to fail in my view. It's been wonderful to have you, Kay. Thank you so much for your time. Really important voice to have in the audience. Here. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast, where we're committed to spotlighting intuitive vision, nature-inspired knowledge, and native wisdom in our world. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. There, we have a growing portfolio of podcasts with world leaders on nature, sustainability, climate, and tech for good. Thank you for awakening natural intelligence in the world. Have a beautiful day.